Welcome to the Destiny Church and Throne Podcast, where we hope to inspire, stir, and provoke you to know Jesus and make him known in your daily life. Enjoy. Perfect. <laughs> nah, but man, yeah, that's that's so good. But yeah, it was an awesome time last year. And not just that, how how great is the weather feel right now? Man, that's thank God that it feels like that. Hopefully it keeps on feeling like that. You know how southeast here is weather. It's like it's gonna be 90 degrees next time. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> we're just gonna go deeper, yes, in praise and worship. And the main thing I really wanted to just talk about about praise and worship is seriously how it's the one thing you can see it in the Bible, but also just for people I know, but it's the one thing I'm telling you that you carry from every single season of your life. You carry your praise, you carry your worship every single season of your life that is the one constant thing in your life is praise and worship you know we see uh david a lot you know he he went from being you know a person who take care of the sheep in the field right and then what he went to to be in the king's palace to help serve with worship and praise and then what he went to be a king himself and establish praise and worship So he went through so many different seasons of his life, right? Sounds like us, we can be here, next thing we're over here, the next thing God calls us here. You know, but the one thing I believe what helps us produce fruit in the thing that God's calling us in the season is our praise and worship. That's what, that's literally the way David was able to make an impact and be, and have influence in his life. Instead of saying, hey, you're going to go here, yeah, you're just here. But he literally, even in that ship, when no one was looking, he was making an impact. And then he goes into the, the palace with Saul as the king that was there at that time to just to worship and praise him. He made an impact on Saul's life. And then he goes and beats the king himself, like I said. Then he makes an impact. Why? Because I'm telling you, he carried, that, he carried praise and worship everywhere he went. Every season he went into, he carried this. You know what I'm saying? He had different titles in every season, right? Seriously, like I'm telling you, I'm going to keep saying it. He, t- he was shepherd boy. Uh, servant to the king and king himself. He had so many different titles, but the one thing that was constant was his praise and worship. And that I'm just going to go in a little deeper of how seriously, how, how praise and worship helps us produce supernatural fruit in our life. Seriously, it helps us as we cultivate praise and worship. And I believe as we go, we transition later, we're just going to go wild. <laughs> we're just going to give God some undignified praise. That's what he's attracted to. I'm telling you, sometimes when you, you, you follow God long enough, you, you, you kind of find it sometimes like, okay, what he's really attracted to sometimes. You're like, if he's attracted, to, I mean, he's attracted to someone putting mud on someone's eyes. So he's like, he's going to come and move when you do that. He's like, sometimes you find out, sometimes you're like, man, okay, that's what God's attracted to. Undignified praise. You know, he's attracted to this foolish type dancing and shouting with everything you have. And like I always say, it's not a personality thing. It's just something you do because Annie was saying, we just love Jesus. You know, we just love Jesus so much. The first verse I just want to share is Amos uh, 9-11. And it talks about, it's a long, long thing, but it talks about rebuilding and establishing the tabernacle of David. You know, we talk a lot about, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, God's doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing. You know, don't go to the past. But I always thought it interesting how it says God's going to say, I'm going to rebuild this. I want to go back to this. I'm going to rebuild it again. Instead of saying, hey, I'm going to do something new. He doesn't say he's going to rebuild the tabernacle of Moses. But he says, I'm going to rebuild this one tabernacle. It's the tabernacle of David. And if you don't know it, the thing that was going on in there for 24 hours a day was praise and worship. That's what was going on there. There was no preaching. If you study it, there's actually, there was no chairs in the tabernacle because they were either just on their face or dancing wildly, just giving God everything. They're ministering to God. 
And, I, and, I, and, you know, once again, that's what God says. I'm going to rebuild that. I want to rebuild that in your life. It's something, once again, you carry every season. You may be a preacher. You may be going out evangelizing every day. You're not saying, but there's one thing that's going to be the constant in your life. And it's your love and adoration of Jesus. It's that praise to Jesus. Undignified praise. Amos 9.11 says, The time will come, says the Lord, when the grapes will grow faster than they can be harvested. <laughs> come on. The grapes can be they can be literally harvest. You know, they can be faster. They can grow faster. They can be hard. So you had this abundance of fruit, an abundance of fruit that comes from what? Praise and worship. Because that's what God's saying right here. I'm going to rebuild this tabernacle of David. I'm going to rebuild this lifestyle of praise and worship. And as a, as a byproduct of that praise and worship, your grapes, your fruit is going to grow faster than it can be harvested. It's going to grow faster than, you can be, than it can be harvested, man. Come on. That fast, that supernatural. Why? Because you establish and cultivate this praise and worship in your life. You really do. You start worshiping more in your household. You're saying, God, I want to behold your face. I want to know who you are, Jesus. I want to see who you are. And or you can just shout, dance, clap, raise your hands. And you establish this. And literally, you start to see fruit in your life manifesting you start to have greater influence why because god has enthroned your heart <laughs> because you made god the king of your heart that's why <clears throat> and i'm telling you i really just once again believe just these things that we're going into just I, who wants that kind of fruit in their life seriously who wants this fruit that can be picked that can can even be harvested you know, it's just it's an abundance and I think that's what praise brings. It brings abundance to your life. Praise brings that. And I love this because we all know this story. Uh, it's something that, you know, David, it's a very, very famous story. It's when David just ushered in the ark. Very famous. And I believe that's what we're going to do today after this service. <laughs> I believe we're going to literally usher in the ark into our life, but also into the city, into our households, and into maybe someone's life. You know, so I, God gave me this revelation one day. This, I remember going to church a lot, like back in the day, a long time ago. They'd be like, hey, come up to the front so you can get prayer or come up to the front if you want to intercede and stay in the gap for somebody. You know, and I know what God gave me this revelation. He's like, you know what, David? And I was praying for someone one day. I was like, you know, praying that, you know, Lord, let, maybe I need to go in there, stay in the gap for them. And the Lord gave me revelation. He's like, you know what? Why don't you just go down there and dance for their victory? Why don't you just shout for their victory? And the Lord was just showing me that's what happens when we praise and we usher in this ark into someone's life, into the city wherever we live at. You know, sometimes, like I said, that, you know, we want to just move sometimes from this place of like, you know, not saying it's bad. Just don't get me wrong here. You know, I think there's sometimes while Paul and Silas, it says they prayed and then they praised. You know, sometimes, like I said, we can get to that point when, you know, we're praying, but then there's going to be a time to start praising. You, know, you see what I'm saying? And I think right now it's that time to start praising. It's time to start ushering this ark like David did in the story about the, we're about to kind of get into. He ushered in this ark. He, he prayed, he prayed, but the day came when he's like, I'm going to usher in this ark with foolish dancing. <laughs> Literally, that's why you read in, uh, in 2, Samuel, uh, 2 Samuel 6, he talks about how his wife looked down upon him. Actually, she was looking from a window and she saw him. I just imagine that picture. She's like, she's looking out the window, looking at her husband, just dancing, like just acting like a complete fool, you know, just doing this, you know, acting like a fool. And uh, 
And she's just looking out the window like, oh, my gosh, like, what's going on here? I thought the king was supposed to be here. I thought, you know, there's supposed to be some type of order here. You know what I mean? That we're supposed to have order, not this undignified, you know, foolish praise. What is this? And, uh, and then David says something. She goes up to David. She goes down. She goes up to David and just says, man, like, these, he actually, actually says she has the, the maids here, like the, the women here, like, they're looking at you. You know, you look foolish. You know, like, well, basically, like, why are you doing this? You know, you're, you're the king. You're not supposed to be doing this. You are the king. Why are you doing this? <laughs> and David said, once again, he has a title, but the title does not get in the way of his love for God. He still gives that wild, radical, extravagant love to God. So anyway, he tells her this. He says, I'm doing this before the Lord. And he's like, and I'm willing to even look more undignified in my own eyes. <laughs> That's what he says. He says, I'm willing to look even more undignified in my own eyes. And I want, to, I want to pray that today after this, we start doing that. That we tell our heart and we tell whatever we say, man, I'm, gonna, I'm willing. Basically, in a nutshell, it's saying I'm willing to give God more praise than I am right now. It's basically David saying, there's more. If you think, like, if there's ever a day you say, man, I think I praise God enough. No, there's more. There's more. That's what David's saying. He's like, I'm willing to even praise God even more harder. I'm willing to even dance with all my might more. I'm willing, you know, David ushered in this ark, and he did it like literally the Bible says every six steps he danced wildly. And he's basically, David's saying, you know, he's like, man, I'm willing to go another 10 miles with God and dance every six steps again. And let's get that in our heart because that's what God's attracted to. That ark was following David. Saul neglected it. Why? Because once again, Micah, his wife, that was his offspring. He neglected the Ark of the Covenant. He neglected it. David went to go get it back. But the reason why Saul and that's when his daughter, a Saul's offspring, his own daughter despised extravagant worship. I'm telling you, the devil doesn't mind praise. Read the Bible. Actually, Saul did give God praise. The devil doesn't mind praise, but he despises extravagant, undignified praise. Go read the Bible. The Bible says Saul gave God praise. The Bible clearly says that, hey, Saul praised him. So why is, you know, why is, um, why is his daughter getting mad at David? Like, she should be like, well, my daughter praised God too. I mean, my, my father praised God too. Why? He's doing the same thing David's doing, but it's extravagant, undignified, foolish. That's what the devil doesn't, that's where he actually gets his attention. That's why he's like, oh, man, what's going on? Why? Because we see it. It brings abundance to your life. So think about that. Seriously, this entire nation I really want to get, I really want y'all to understand this. This entire nation, before David came, it was literally the Philistines, the giants beat them. They were, they were defeating them. Why? Because he neglected the ark. Like, it, that was it, you know? And what happened was basically, it's because Saul didn't establish his praise and worship. He neglected the presence. He's like, I don't want anything to do with it. It's all about me. It's basically like a man show here. It's a one man show. And the city, the nation was falling. It really was. It was falling. Like, seriously. They were losing. You know, there was no victory. So when David comes, all he does is simply say, we're going to get this ark back, and we're going to establish praising it in the city. And why? Because a praise life is a victory life. Yeah. One of the main fruits of praise is victory. So in your life, if you're like, man, why do I keep going around the same mountain? Why do I keep feeling angry, tired, weak, depressed? Why? 
Maybe because you haven't undignified, praise God. <laughs> Maybe because you haven't let loose in your household. Maybe because you're still thinking like, I don't know if, I, I don't know if this is actually going to help me. Or, hey, man, this pain in my body hurts a little too much. I can't move that well. Man, it hurts. But once again, this is what's going to usher in the ark in your household. And that's what we're going to do after this. I'm telling you, I really feel like today is the day you're going to dance and you're going to shout, not just for your own victory, but for the city, but also for someone else in your life. So I'm telling you, there's someone in your life you're like, man, like they're running from God or whatever is healing. Dance for their healing. Dance for their healing. Dance for their victory to come. And I believe that's what we're going to do. <clears throat> so anyway, yes, Mikkel, she despised David, all this stuff, but I'm telling you, and guess what happened? <laughs> she never had another baby. <laughs> and the Bible never says it. I mean, it never gives this point of like that they ever, you know, maybe David didn't sleep, you know, once again, go with it, intimate with her, or literally she just couldn't have babies anymore. <clears throat> but I think it's, it's a, just a prophetic picture of what happens when you despise that kind of stuff in your life. It's a prophetic picture of what happens when you try to neglect that praise, that extravagant love to God. Literally, when you try to neglect that and say, I don't do that, it's not who I am, you're not going to have an abundance of fruit. Amen. You're going to stop the thing that God's trying to birth in your life. Seriously. So there, if there's something right now that you're like, man, I'm trying to birth, you know, this and that, whatever, you know, my healing needs to come or, you know, my victory needs to come. Sometimes when the enemy, he lies to you, whatever you believe, thinking, you know, extravagant, undignified praise isn't going to help me. He's just shutting it up for the thing to be birthed in your life. He's just saying, don't do it. Just like Mikkel, the number one thing. We all think about God's after our calling. He's after our destiny. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, the devil's after my destiny. He's, he's after my calling. He's after your praise and worship. Because if he was after David's calling... If the devil was after the calling and trying to stop the title on David's life, she would have came down and said, like, you're not supposed to be king. My father was king. But instead, she didn't say that. She went after his extravagant praise because that's what the devil wants out of your life. He doesn't care if you're a king. <laughs> he doesn't care if you're, you're whatever, evangelist. But he doesn't care. But I'm telling you, it's that extravagant love you get to God. And that's the one thing that gets his attention, to be like, whoa, wait. <laughs> I think this man's truly in love with God. I think this man's a man after his heart. <laughs> to the fact that he even tells, he even tells his own, he even tells his wife saying, this is why God chose me and not your father. <laughs> seriously, he tells you that. Like, this is like, seriously, David was not watering anything down. He wasn't going to water it down like, you know what, you're right. He's like, you know what, you know what, babe, you're right, man. Like, I should, you're my wife, you know, I should honor your what you're saying, you know, I should... I should maybe, you know, I should, you know what I mean? Hey, I should, uh, hey, man, you're right. These people are looking at me. They don't understand. They can get freaked out. They can maybe get a little, you know, man, they might not come back to this nation anymore. They might not come back here anymore. I'm the new king. I have a new reputation. You're right. You're right, babe. Maybe I should cool it down. But instead, he gave her that entire thing. I'm willing to look more. And not just that, this is why God chose me and not your father. Why? <laughs> Well, think about that. So what was he doing in that thing? Like, seriously, what, what was he doing for him to say, this is why God chose me and not your father? So when she gave him all, when she gave all that, the thing that was, he was praising God. So he's telling her, this is why God chose me, because of my extravagant love for him, my undignified, shameless love that I'm willing to lift his name high and to establish and bring back the presence of God.
He, I'm telling you, that's the thing that we understand. He wasn't just dancing for himself. This presence ushered in behind him. And it literally brought victory for 33 years nonstop. And literally, the entire time David was king, they never lost a battle. Never. They never lost. And to the point of even when the new kings came, they literally would go to God and say, do you remember our servant David God? Why? Not saying, hey, David was better. No, because he had the idea. He had what God was attracted to. He figured it out. He was like, this is what God wants. He wants undignified praise. He wants just devotion, adoration to Jesus. That's what he wants. And one of the last uh, stories I'm going to share, I'm telling you, we're just going to praise. We're going to worship, and we're going to bring victory into our life. We're going to bring victory into this city. Seriously. The enemy's attacking you, thinking like, man, I don't do this at home, or man, I don't even know what praise is. You know what I mean? Let's just literally today, let's give him the high praises. We want to give him high praises. We don't want to give him just, that's literally the Bible. He says, give him the high praises. We don't want to give him low praises. We want to give him the high praises. We want to give him everything that we have. In Isaiah 54, 1, I love this. It says, sing, O childless woman. She has no child. Childless, you know, she has no child. But the thing is, she can't. Literally says she's barren. It says, you have never given birth. Break out, and once again, high, break out in a loud, joyful song. For you who have never been in labor, for the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband. Seriously. <laughs> that is supernatural. <laughs> That's supernatural right there. And what I'm trying to say is, a super, once again, this loud song, this loud praise. That's in New Living Translation. If you're reading the King James, it does say give a loud atone, which means praise. It's literally just to give a loud shout to God. And this is a time when you probably would think like, no, I need to pray. <laughs> she probably looked at God and was like, I need to pray a little bit. But sometimes, like I'm saying, you pray and then it's time to move just to praise and celebrate what you're praying. It's time to celebrate what you've been praying for. Hey, I'm praying for whatever finances. I'm praying for whatever it is. All right, let's celebrate it now. <laughs> let's celebrate. I'm pretty sure this woman was like, man, I want a child. <laughs> you know, I, want, I want to have children. She's probably been praying that her whole life. And then God's like saying, okay, let's just celebrate what you're praying now. Uh, that's what we're going to do today also. We're going to celebrate what we've been praying to in our life. If there's something in your life you've been praying for, it's time to celebrate it this morning. So anyway, there's a supernatural fruit that comes out of this woman the moment God says, hey, give a loud shout. Give a loud shout. Break out. Just break out. Let loose. Give it all to him. Give him the high praises. And that's when she's able to give birth. That's whenever it says you're going to pass up the one that actually has a husband. It's supernatural. It's what abundance again. There it is again, you know, Amos 9-11, like we talked about, rebuilding the tabernacle of David. What was it? Once again, this, your grapes are going to grow faster. They can harvest. You know, these children, you know, this fruit's going to come out of you more than it can be harvest, man. It's going to be supernatural fruit, people. And just like I said, remember, Amos 9-11, it's going to grow faster. I'm telling you, praise will give birth or fruit, will give birth to life or fruit in any dead situation. If there's any dead situation in your life, you think, if there's any situation in your life that you're like, man, this is dry, it's dead, it's done, praise on it. Because that's what happens. Literally, praise will give life. It will give birth 
to any dead situation. David in Psalm 63, one of my favorite Psalms, he's, it literally starts out saying, in this dry, dead wilderness. That's the way the, the Psalm starts out. But the, at the end, in the middle of it, he says, I give God praise. He says, I give God praise. So there's a time in his life when the fruit of his life should have been dead, this dry, dead, how many times we said, man, I'm in a wilderness spot. Man, I'm in a dry season right now. How many times, how many people have said that? I'm in a dry season right now. Hopefully God gets me out of it. But instead saying, instead of sometimes praise has that heart of saying, I don't care if I get out. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't care, God, you can get me out. I'm not going to praise when I get, I'm going to praise you now. Amen. And that's what David did. He's like, I'm in a dry, dead wilderness. He wasn't like, God, get me out of this. And then, you know, when I make it, thank you. <laughs> But instead, he's like, I give God praise now. Yes. Why? Because it gave life to that seed that God gave him many years ago when he was just a teenager saying, you're going to be the next king. <clears throat> that, that calling, that season of his life, it's a prophetic sign sometimes when we go through those dry wilderness seasons. That's what it was. It's a prophetic picture of when we go through those seasons of like, man, this is dead. It's, it's a dry spot right now I'm in. It feels like I, it's a drought. I can't grow anything. But instead, David prays, and that dry, dead place gave life. Seriously. Thank you, Jesus. In verse 2 of Isaiah 54, 1, in verse 2, it says, it talks about enlarging your household. It talks about to enlarge your household. So it talks about. So it goes, once again, it goes from the same, literally, if you're saying, what's the theme here? It's literally just how praise creates an abundance of fruit in your life. Abundance, which means you walk in victory daily. You walk in joy daily. You walk in love daily. You walk in kind, you walk in mercy daily. And the last thing it says, you know, it, you enlarge this. You enlarge your household. And just like I said before, <laughs> David enlarged his territory. His territory throughout his year got larger and larger and larger. Because no matter what, the one constant thing in his life, though, was praise. He enlarged it over and over. Shepherd field, no, sheep field, the kingdom to be a servant, and now you have an entire nation, David. <laughs> and now you have an entire nation. His household was enlarged. And that's what happens in our life when we give God all the high praises. When we think we're in a dry, next time so I'm telling you, if you feel like you're in a dry spot, it's just an opportunity to give God the high praises. Amen. And not just to give high praise and say, man, no, but you will produce fruit. You will see fruit come out of your life. <laughs> you will see, once again, oh, childless woman, break out, sing, childless woman. He even called that childless woman. Like he, he get, There's this title that she had. But he just still said, just praise me. Just praise me. I think the reason why he gave her that title saying you're childless because he was showing us that you don't even have the answer yet, but you still need to praise me. Literally, he says, childless woman. You know, you think like, call me. No, I'm a mother. You know, call me that because that's what you're about to be. Prophesy it. But God was showing us, even though you don't have the answer, I still want you to break out in praise. Even whenever you don't see the children come, you don't see, you don't, have to, you don't see the fruit. I still want you to break out in this undignified praise. I still want you to give me the high praises. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. 
So it's wrapping this up. If uh, the worship team wants to come up here. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I just really feel, once again, like we're just going to go deeper into this praise. And y'all can stand out with me. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you. Just set your affections on Jesus right now. And I'm telling you, I really encourage y'all. If y'all want to come down here, I really, I really feel it's just a day to celebrate Jesus. To give him the high praises. To give him everything that we have. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Mm. Just thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. 